Hello and welcome to another edition of the Modern Agile Show. I am here with Colleen Johnson. Colleen is the founder of Scatterspoke. What is that? Yeah, Scatterspoke is a tool for more effective team retrospectives. Um, so we just relaunched as part of World Retrospective Day at the beginning of February. Um, Very and cool. it was quite the journey to be on that side of, of the product development, right? Yeah. You know, we spend so much of our time coaching other teams on best practices and all the things to do to deliver value continuously. And then when it came to uh, putting, putting, my, putting those practices in place for my own product, um, it proved to be a lot harder, <laughs> a lot more challenging. Isn't that something? Yeah. I, I, I really was excited to talk about this with you because I've been there too. And um, when it's your company, it's your money, it's your time, and you're making your product, you know, it's not quite textbook stuff, is it? No, no. And I think, especially in this case, I'm so close to the, the customer base, right? This, these are, it's four agile coaches, it's four agile teams. Um, I have the, the luxury of getting to use it a lot with my clients. Um, so I get excited, you know, somebody will propose a new idea or a new feature. And um, <laughs> what we ended up doing is exactly what we probably all advise against is packing our MVP into with so much stuff that it mm. took us a lot longer to get it out. Right. And by the time we did get it out, you know, we're finding that there's things in there that people don't care about and didn't need or mm -hmm. didn't want. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of ended up with that MVP bloat, and, and we really broke that, that principle of delivering value continuously because yes. we were so excited to pack it all in. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that was probably one of the things that was the hardest for us to keep coming back to and was a, was a good learning exercise. I see. I see. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, so you were excited by your community and, and all their ideas, but at the same time, it's like, gosh, how do you say no? Right. Yeah. Or, or not yet. You know, I think I think might be the, the other part of that of, you know, everybody's got requests and ideas and um, we, we stopped that incremental process of let's get one thing out and get feedback mm -hmm. before we tack 10 more, you know, rhinestones onto this bow. Right. Because, um, you know, we get we would be like, oh, yeah, we're working on part for, for voting or for grouping or mm. we're going to enable this this ability to add cards from Slack. And while we're at it, <laughs> let's make it so you can have confetti shoot out of your retrospective. Oh, brother. It's, um, uh, it's endless, isn't it? What it can it do. is. It is. And I think, you know, it's, um, it's one thing to coach it. It was another thing to do it. And I think we've learned a lot about um, backtracking and getting that whole concept of like, let's experiment. Let's try one thing, get mm -hmm. that feedback um, so that we're not putting features out there that nobody's using. So it sounds like in modern agile, these two, the, the red here, experiment, learn rapidly, and green, deliver value continuously were your, your main, the main thing in the early days then. Yeah, they were the hardest for us. I mean, mm. we we actually launched the um, the original version of Scatterspoke about two years ago. Oh, um, so we spent a lot of wow. time validating the initial concept, um, okay. validating the problem, mm -hmm. and and getting feedback from users, um, which was great. You know, it was we got to learn a lot in that time. But unfortunately, what we did was the big bang relaunch right. rather than slowly iterating through those new ideas and delivering mm -hmm. them slowly mm. to get that feedback. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think going forward, we have a different plan of attack. But yeah. um, I think, you know, the, the learn and experiment and learn rapidly for, for myself and this project and with a lot of organizations, what we do is we do one experiment and we have one idea of how that's going to come out mm -hmm. and that's it. And I think, you know, it's 
it's kind of looking to how can you parallelize a lot of that testing and feedback so that you're creating multiple options to pick from right so that when something fails you have another product ready or another option ready mm -hmm. um, to queue up yeah and so that's makes where we're focused next makes a lot of sense so almost like make your process safer yeah or product development so you can have more options and less guessing or something absolutely i think it's it's having more options and it's it's being able to respond quicker to mm -hmm. what the customers need so keeping yeah. those things small enough yeah. right so yeah. that you're not developing something for two years right. um, and and i think getting that value out incrementally so that you can get the feedback quick and mm -hmm. pivot quickly mm -hmm. are you finding a sort of ch tension between what you guys think the product needs that is not coming from your customers like like you just have ideas for the product and stuff that your customers are saying is there, is there that typical tension absolutely okay. absolutely so i think it's um you know I, like i said i'm very close to the to the customer base and to the to the users um so i have we do get a lot of feedback which is awesome and um, a lot of the new features that came out are very driven by um, customer feedback but i think mm -hmm. what's also interesting is seeing the um you know you're going to get requests from everywhere and and I, you know, I love the examples where you talk about somebody might say they want a a car, but when you when you break down the problem of why do they want a car, they want a faster way to get to work. Right. But maybe they're going to end up sitting in traffic for three hours, and a car's not going to solve that problem mm -hmm. for them. So I think you you know you can listen to your customers' requests, but you also have to dig into what problem you're trying to solve for them, and yes. um, that's a big part of a lot of the. We we have a lot of new features that came out, but in some cases, I don't know that we solved all the right problems with mm -hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Some some hit, some missed. Yeah. Well, you can't get it all perfect. So um, Scatterspoke is very good. We used it the other day in our company for a distributed retrospective, cool. and uh, it was very very nice. It was a great choice. So. Yeah, I think um, the, the thing that we're getting the best feedback about right now is the integration with Slack so that you oh. can add cards to your retro oh, um, right so when you cool. think of them. And it's really making for a more productive conversation during your retro time because you have yeah. a full picture of what happened oh, during the it. time block. And oh. um, you're, not, you're not trying to remember, you know, there's all these biases that come up with memory in terms of yes. I'm going to remember the, the beginning and the end mm -hmm. and nothing in the middle or the, wor the worst part or the best part. Um, and not all the you know the mundane stuff that happens day to day, and so we're hoping to really get that feedback into the tool in a super simple fashion, so that when you have your retro, it's all there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, excited I'm about really that. excited to hear that because to me that is there's two things there. First, there's continuous retrospectives, which Linda Rising talks about a lot, and yep. I've been echoing what she says because uh, to me it seems like a lot of things if they're good, do them continuously. Yeah. Right. So why not keep feeding the the tool with, with retrospective ideas? But then, this, of course, this deliver value continuously. You're, you've enabled that Slack integration. You've enabled people to deliver value right away all, all day long. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, that that excites me to get the new version. Hmm. Yeah. There's and you know I think we we talk a lot about safety and I think. Um, our tool is completely anonymous right oh, now. We've had great. we've had a lot of requests. I've even had you know not, people not, 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 or I've, I've had requests from users to be <laughs> like, said that? Can you just tell me who wrote this one specific card? I just need to know who this was from." And the answer is always oh still, always God. still no. But that's great. Um, it is interesting when we talk about safety and trust and how do we how do we really enable that in a distributed setting? Mm -hmm. um, it can be really hard to build that up. And yeah, so yeah, we're starting to offer some facilitation tools along with the tool mm -hmm. itself of how can you have that mm. great conversation and not be like, who wrote this? 
Who right. wrote this? Right. Who wrote this? Because <laughs> there's you're, there, you want to have a better, better conversation about the content and the data that you're gathering. So mm-hmm. um, I think the other thing that's great about the concept of continuous retrospectives is this really gives you a chance to um, view all of the data you're gathering before you have that conversation. Yes. So you can look for patterns and yes. trends and yes. overall sentiment. There's a, a new new piece of the mm. tool that gives you sentiment analysis. Oh, wow. Of the cards. And are you turning towards a more negative or more positive tone with your team? Oh, that's so, so cool. So it gives, you know, from a, faci- from a facilitation standpoint, it's giving you tools to have a much heartier conversation Love in it. that time block mm-hmm. because you just have more data to review. Wow, that's really good. And teams are so distributed these days. It's, it's I mean, but do you probably see this being used with both in-person teams and distributed teams? Yeah, we do. And, you know, I think it's interesting. You'll see a lot of reference to the concept, like, the most important part of the retrospective is just that you have one, right? Yeah. And even right. when you're all co-located, it's like if one person's out, you punt or you cancel. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, if somebody's working from home that Friday, you're like, oh, let's just skip it. Right, right. Um, and this, so, this takes away, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, That's um, great. There was a great talk here at the conference about... Um, how easy it is to get your action items or what you're trying to improve lost mm-hmm. when you're having um, a retro every two weeks, you're identifying your action items, and then um, you're setting you know three new action items in two weeks. Mm. So one of the things the tool's also great for is providing that history so oh, that you yeah. can say, you know what, we've had the same conversation for the last six retrospectives. <laughs> we keep moving <laughs> these action items over. Um, we need to stop. Like, yeah. kind of, let's stop and really assess what we need to do to fix this problem. And that gets lost a lot on paper. Mm-hmm. So we see a lot of value in that for for co-located or distributed teams. That's great. I've I've experienced that where it's the same thing over and over again. And they're like, okay, we gotta fix this. We cannot leave this on the, you know, uh, working a needs improvement column anymore. Yeah. You know. So if the tool could actually even highlight those stale items that haven't been resolved. I mean, that would be super cool. Yeah. Here, I'm giving you another feature. <laughs> More product ideas. Um, no, I like it. That's so cool. So um, just switching gears here, um, you have done a whole lot of work with lean and agile concepts and, of course, Kanban for the, organi- Kanban for the enterprise and the organization. And I know you do a lot with roadmaps. Can you say yeah. some more about that? Yeah, or maybe less with roadmaps. Oh, less, yeah. <laughs> Another way to phrase it. Oh, you know, less, yes. Yeah, so, I'm okay. doing less with roadmaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a big part of my focus lately has been on trying to make a move to more responsive roadmapping. So just like we talked about with um, planning the features, you know, for, for Scatterspoke and trying to figure out what were we, what are we going to deliver, what are we going to pack in, mm-hmm. um, I think for most organizations you see that they they try so much to forecast what they're going to deliver yeah. and lock themselves into that path mm-hmm. um, that it takes away your opportunity here to experiment and learn rapidly right right, right. um so that's right part of what we want to do and being agile is be responsive mm-hmm. to what customers need and that means you have uh, to have a loose plan yeah so in fact the road could actually you don't know where the road's going to go right right and that might mean you're validating options, but not picking one mm-hmm. until you're ready to pull pull that next, until um, you have the capacity to pull the next idea in. Yeah. So a lot of it, um, there's a couple different terms. I know Matt Barcom talks about flow-based road mapping. I've used mm-hmm. the term responsive road mapping, but yeah. both are leveraging the concept of um, pull in a yeah. Kanban system and not yeah. picking the next feature until you've got capacity to work on it. And mm-hmm. that, that idea of deferring commitment to mm-hmm. the last responsible moment. So why pick the feature you know, six months ahead of time, because things are going to change in They're six months. They're going to change, right. Yeah, your priorities are going to change. They should change. <laughs> Do you have a product vision that kind of guides guides you anyway, though? 
Yeah, like, definitely. So like um, high level themes and outcomes, I think are still really important for the business to keep at the forefront right. and help shape the, the experiments that they're choosing mm-hmm. and that, and the mm-hmm. um, options that they're trying to populate. Yep. Um, you still want to have that alignment back to the um, overall strategy of the organization, but I think it's the what, yeah. like how do we deliver those features or how do we, what are the features that are going to align to those outcomes that you want to avoid locking yourself into? Right, right. Yeah, that's that's where it just becomes like a, a death march to get all those things done. And, and who knows if anyone even wants them. Yep. Yeah. 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 If you try to predict in six months what you're going to deliver, I think you're you're really shooting yourself in the foot in terms of making your customers happy. Because yeah. what they're going to ask you for in six months is probably completely different. Mm-hmm. And you've got competitors too, and that could change the landscape as well. I mean, right. there's all kinds of things. So yeah. fascinating. You know, I, I'd say you should only hire, you know, consultants, agile consultants who actually have built their own product using their <laughs> using a, an agile process or lean process, because it, it it really in, it teaches you, you know, how to how to really be a practitioner. I yeah, mean, I can't tell you how many lessons I learned making our product and lots of mistakes and lots of like, oops, I can't believe we did that. You know, but it, it, it keeps it real. Yeah, it does. And it's it's humbling, right? It's one thing to stand in front of a group and say, You shouldn't you shouldn't plan your roadmap this far in advance and here's all the reasons we should be running experiments. But I think everyone resonates better with, with all of the things we try to teach when you can talk from your heart and with examples and um, this really helps me connect mm-hmm. with a lot of the problems and yeah. um, you know it's not it's not for lack of passion, right? Yep. I, I just said I got so excited with all the new features and as people were throwing ideas, it was like, and then we can do this, and then we can do this, oh, and yeah, let's it's... add that. And <laughs> so you get you get carried away and that's it's that's a good thing to have that excitement and enthusiasm for your product, but it's like, how do you rein that back in and keep in mind that long term, that can hurt your delivery to your customers and end up um, you can end up delivering the wrong thing. So. Yeah, yeah. Excellent lessons learned, yeah. So, um Excellent. And your, um, what are you doing these days? What, what's, I mean, your primary, you know, focus? Um, I'm still doing a lot of Kanban coaching at the enterprise mm-hmm. portfolio and team level. So mm-hmm. spending a lot of time helping teams who are either brand new to Kanban get get their um, programs launched, mm-hmm. or even helping organizations where they've been running Kanban for a while and just need to understand like how do we optimize this better to fit us? Yeah. You know, I think with all all flavors of agile practices, we have a tendency to um, get the book, read the book, implement the book, mm-hmm. and stop. Right. And you talked about this a lot in your keynote this morning. There's um, all of this is designed to be a constant evolution of practices. So it's yes. not just it's not just experimenting with our product. It's experimenting and learning about our process. And I think that's so critical of, of continuous you know and continuous feedback and looking at where can we make changes so they fit us better. Yes. Um, I think a lot of the reasons people. Um, drop their agile adoption or it falls apart is because they fail to um, look at how to adjust it to fit their needs hmm. so um, I, I, those projects are always really fun for me where it's like we've been running agile for six months it's not working or six years and it's not working hmm. and it's like okay well let's look at how to make your practices fit your business better yeah you're almost like a doctor yeah. coming in and <laughs> or a therapist or a, a little therapist. both yeah totally <laughs> And um, I, I know we talked a little bit about a conference that you, you're involved in. Yeah, so um, Agile Uprising is working to pull together a conference this summer. It'll be our first, and it is going to be um, FailCon. So we oh. are looking at all of 
um, the failures, like I just shared about launching Scatterspoke. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to really focus in on where have we dropped the ball as practitioners mm-hmm. and coaches, um, and wow. what have we learned, yeah. right? And let's celebrate the fact that we're all human. You yeah. know, we're all going to make mistakes. We're mm-hmm. going to learn as we go, mm-hmm. um, and share some of those failure stories and, and what came out of it in terms of growth. That's awesome. And just focus a lot on that. I think we, oh, I, love can, it. I think we can all share. We all share a few. I've got some excellent ones. <laughs> I'd love so, to be there. When is it? Um, we're looking. Uh, gosh. It's late July. Late July. Late July in Philly. So stay tuned. Okay. Well, nice to go get a Philly cheesesteak or something. Wow, that sounds great. Well, I I look forward to that. Um, Yeah, so, um, and one question then about Kanban. Um, Cumulative flow diagrams. (laughs) Do you do you use them? I, mean, I do, do use them. And do you find them useful? I do find them useful. So I use them a lot in retrospectives for mm-hmm. Kanban teams. I'll start with reviewing oh, really? cycle time, whip, mm-hmm. and throughput. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to keep that relevant in front, you know, front and center with a running list of all the retros. So you can mm. see that data over time. Yeah. Um, and then I look to the cumulative flow diagram to... It's, it's just like your board, right? You want your board to tell you things quickly when you look at it without having to read a lot of detail. So yeah. where are we spending time? Where is work blocked? Yeah. Um, what's aging? Mm-hmm. Um, from a cumulative flow perspective, I'm, all, I'm looking for, for bottlenecks and where is a lot of work stacking up. Right, um, right. I love, yeah, I mm. love walking through that with the team and teaching them how to read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's important that somebody else can interpret that data, not just me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and showing them, you know, what is this telling us? Yeah. And, and what happened here? And it's, I think it's just a great way mm. to start a retrospective with that, with that cumulative flow diagram because it's painting a picture of what happened for the last two weeks or three weeks or Excellent. whatever your interval is. I have another idea for you. You could have the, the, those planning tools like feed, you know, scatter spoke with a uh, little, you probably thought of this already. Yeah. Um, yeah, right? So yeah. Feed it pull with some like pull data from the team about how they're doing so yep. that it's, it's not human generated. It's just, you know, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, You're building uh, my product. Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, that's really neat. So, um, well, awesome. I mean, it's a pleasure uh, getting to chat with you. And um, when is you, I know you're pregnant here, so yeah, you're, uh, you, that's awesome too. And congratulations, baby number three coming. Oh yeah, well, I've got three so as well. I'll be so. checked out for the summer months. Yeah, well, that's good timing. Yeah, you can have a nice, nice, pleasant, uh, enjoyable summer. Definitely. So. Very, very good. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks and for having me. Hope to have you back again and. Uh, that's it over and out so if you like this show please uh, share it out and tell people about the Modern Agile show um, suggest people to come be interviewed and uh, thank you for watching great thank you